Welcome back to The Pink Mug. We are continuing our sisterhood conversation with our dear friend, Havila Cunnington. In this episode, we cover every season of life, from singleness to marriage. No matter what stage of life you are in, God has a plan for you to flourish. In our conversation with Havila, there are some powerful and encouraging truths that each and every one of us can learn from. We are so excited for you to enjoy this episode of The Pink Mug. Welcome to The Pink Mug. I am so thankful that you're joining us today and I can't wait to hear what God's gonna do today, what he's gonna say to all of us. And if you were with us last time, you know that Havila Cunnington was here to share with us and I'm so thankful that you've taken time to be with us again. Thank you for Actually, part two, we're in the same clothes. So yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but thank you for taking time. Yeah, I love you guys. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. In the first episode, if you didn't get to watch last month, it was amazing. So powerful. And you need to go back and take a listen to it because it's just, it mm-hmm. was just really good. Yes. And, um, and then Savannah is with Hi, us again. Yay. For those of you that have not met Savannah, this is my daughter we think we're sisters we do yeah we we fight like sisters (laughs) (laughs) yes god knew you only need one of me yeah not another girl (laughs) yeah yeah. it's it's true (laughs) it's true (laughs) oh but we ended the last episode just talking about a little bit about challenges Mm -hmm. um you were called to ministry as a teenager and then you know how you walked out the purpose of God mm-hmm. in your life, but it wasn't always easy. Right, You hit several bumps, mm-hmm. but even before you jumped into ministry, you walked through a season, quite a long season of singleness, mm-hmm. where you really were praying and seeking God to find you a yeah. mate. Yeah. Um, and it didn't really happen in the timing you had maybe no, envisioned. What? Not at all. I, yes. We, we, we talk about this a lot yes. because for yes. those of you that have not met Savannah before, Savannah is, yeah. you want I'm, to tell your I'm age? 33. I'm 33. And believing that guy is coming one of these right. days. But I'm not just waiting around for it. Right. You know, yeah. and I think I love that about you, Havala, because I think it was, I was talking to my mom about this. I think it was three or four years ago. I remember stumbling on Facebook yeah. and I was reading through the book of Ruth that day and I stumbled upon Facebook and you shared just such practical advice, what to do in the waiting season. Cause I think so many girls just sit around and just are like, okay, when is he coming? When right. is he coming? It's right. easy to do that. But you were like, no girl, there's things for you to do right mm-hmm. now. And I love that you didn't mope around in that season, but but you just like challenged me. The Lord was like, Savannah, you need to listen to this. <laughs> and I told my mom, we need to have Havala. We've got to have her. I, I know and I'm grateful. You're the one that got me here and I right. love that. But That's I just right. love, you know, how you manage that season. Cause singleness is, it's not an easy, it no season easy. actually is easy, but I think sometimes single girls can be like, oh, my season's but so But singleness hard. has the least amount of control. It yeah. feels like if I want to have a child, then yeah. I can kind of figure that out. You know, I mean, you know, or if I want to start a career or, you know, job or live somewhere we kind of can make those choices mm-hmm. but yeah. when you're single and you want to be married I mean one of the things that was most encouraging was what one someone said to me well you could be married today and I said well, what do you mean they go well I could find someone to marry you 
And it was just the truth. Wow. Like there was something about that reality. Yeah. Like see, we could have you married tomorrow. I could yeah. find a guy to marry you. Yeah. But the point wasn't that you want to just be married. The point is you want to marry the right person yeah, for that's you. Good. And that's if so you're going to want the right one, you got to wait for that sometimes. Right. And I remember I was uh, met somebody at 18 and was proposed to and thought no. And I knew it wasn't God. So I said no. And then again at 23, thought it was the one. And by 25, I'm starting to feel really awkward. I'd been in like 17 weddings. And <laughs> I remember one of my girlfriends, my one of my best friends at like 19 is walking down the aisle in her vows. She goes, I've waited for you. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, well, this is a lie. What did you wait? Like a day? You waited a day? Like we have, I've been single for years and you've like had like one sexual urge. Like I don't get it. And so I just remember feeling like, what is this? And at 25 feeling so, so, um, did, like, I didn't know where I fit, especially in the body of Christ. Yeah. Like I didn't know, you know, it was like, I, I didn't want to just be married, be married. I wanted the right one. I knew I had a lot to offer, but sometimes didn't feel like I was being taken seriously because I wasn't married. Yeah. And also feeling as if uh, I almost felt like people thought there was something wrong with me because I wasn't married mm -hmm. and knowing there wasn't, it was just that I was making, trying to make healthy choices. So just this dilemma. Yeah. And I just had to really stay focused on the fact that God knew my story and my story mm -hmm. wasn't everybody else's story and God knew who I needed in my life. And my husband happens to be four years younger than me and he happened to come on a ministry trip that he didn't expect us to get together and he didn't even hit on me. I had to find his number and text him. I mean, I was that girl, but you know, it, the Lord knew all of that. And I think about last year, I had two PAs in the last five years that were both in their thirties that God brought the love of their life this last year. I went to two weddings in three months from both these women that had waited for the right one and God gave them their husbands, but it takes time. And yeah. so wherever you are, you know, the goal is not to be in a relationship, just to be in a relationship. The goal isn't just to get married when you can get married. You can marry anybody, but if you really want a divine marriage where God has set you up for the right person, then you've got to make that choice. Now, let me say that having been married for 15 years, I don't know how long you've been married. How long have you been married? Seven. So you understand this, that marriage that I had the first moment of marriage, that marriage is dead. What I had and what I thought I had, mm -hmm. That's over. If you're married, you understand this. There's a marriage that we marry into yeah. and we think this is what we're getting. That marriage is dead. And there's a moment in every marriage where I, I have to say, I had to make a decision. <laughs> yes. Do I want to be married? And that's kind of a, it's an, yeah, it's a hard place to so be as a wife, good. but it's okay that in the middle of being married that we go, do I want to be married? And I tell everybody, I that marriage that I married, Ben, that was a story in my head that I created. But the marriage I have today is stronger and more alive. Yeah. And when you're with somebody and you're forging something with somebody, it's something very fresh and relevant. It's almost like owning your faith. You it's know, like, like owning you your faith. you in a Christian home and you're, you're doing church because that's what you were taught to do. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to own my faith. I think it's sort of like I that. I think it's there exactly like that. There comes a point like in your marriage where you're like, okay, I'm either in for the hard stuff and the fun stuff and yep. all that is a part of it. I'm in for all of it or I'm not. And, you know, you were talking off camera how you see girls right now making choices, like really good girls making choices to leave their marriages, their marriages. after years. Um, yeah, it's because I think, I, they have come to that point and they're like, 
they're looking at it through the wrong lens. I, I believe that. I think we're in a crisis of marriages right now. I mean, I'm watching a lot of influencers and people that are at a younger age that are, are leaving their marriages and they're using phrases like, my marriage has run its course. You know, it's, it's, it's done, it's complete. And I, I love you, but I can't find that in scripture that says yeah. that our marriages run its course. Mm -hmm. Covenant is covenant and a commitment is a commitment. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. My husband and I, and I've said this clearly, we've, we've had crisis. We have gone to counseling. We've met with, we have, we call them our, you know, we have counselors that we have that has been in our life consistently throughout our marriage, our marriage, because I think we need, we need voices in our lives that help us know how to navigate a covenant in a world that doesn't value covenant. And so we need those, those, those voices that say, this is normal and this isn't, and that's dangerous and that isn't. And we need that. And so I like, a, I always say it's a third party voice that is there for it, that will help like you walk through it. In the table it's like a third leg the table. It's like, yes, that's steady. a great way to say it. Keep you steady. I want to go back that's to that. That's a great way to say it. I love where you're talking about covenant. You know, I was reading in first Corinthians, just this last week where Paul talks about being single and he actually says a statement I wish you were all like me I know you know it's almost like he made a covenant in that season of his life um, or at that moment to say I'm in a covenant with God as a single person that's right and I'm gonna be all 100% with him and live my life to glorify him in the position that I'm in. Yes, I love that. So is that, Savannah, yeah. is yes. that, I mean, you've probably read those verses before. Yeah. Is that yeah. hard to read as a single girl to be like, okay, I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to just be happy about this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I think I've come to, and it's been probably years to yeah. get to here, but coming to this, where at whatever season God has me, I'm going to fully embrace it. Um, so, yeah. but I think there's, you have to get to that place. It's like just a growing and, and there's moments where I'll be like, man, this really stinks. Like, <laughs> why am I here? But like you're saying, whether you're married or single, like you have to own the season and trust that the step, the steps of the righteous mm -hmm. are ordered of the Lord. And I have to remind myself, okay, God, you have me exactly where you want mm -hmm. me and nothing happens to me that doesn't first pass through your That's hands. Right. And so okay. if you want me single, like sometimes I grin my teeth and bear, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna fully embrace this season and trust. And so, you know, if you're out there girls, you know, I'm passionate about this, but like to, mm -hmm. to embrace the season and know that there's no better place for you to be right now so like good. than in the center of God's will. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, if only I was married. No, it wouldn't be better. You're right where you should be. And so I think like reading those verses, it's just, for me, it's just, okay, that was the call God Paul that God had for Paul. Yeah. And so whatever God has the call he has for you in this season, you just fully embrace it. That's right. And, and trust that God has you exactly where he wants you and, and not compare. That's right. Like, I think just not don't, compare. don't compare. So for married people, I know that sometimes my sister-in-laws will be like, life's so easy for you, Savannah. <laughs> you know, you don't have kids. You can take That's your right. nieces yeah. and nephews and you can, yeah. I can give them back <laughs> and I can go home and sleep. Um, but you know, for all of us, it's easy to look and at the person on the other side of the fence and say, Hey, I'd want their life. Yep. But right. to just trust God has you right where he wants you to be. That's right. So you're you're a twin, which you shared that, and Deborah, yes. Yes. Deborah. Deborah is your twin sister. 
So talking about comparison, was she married before you? She was, but she met her husband the same year. So she met okay. this British, she went to England and was on staff at a church called Soul Survivor. And so she was there and met her husband um, and met Daniel. He is six years younger than she is. Uh -huh. So we both are, she, I'm a cougar, I think, and she's a puma or whatever <laughs> it's called. Uh, but we were, we definitely met younger men. Um, but there was a point, and just to your point, yeah. um, I remember the Lord asked me, what do you want? Because at that point at 25, I'm, I'm minister, I'm in full-time ministry. Yeah. I am focused on my purpose. Yeah. I am meeting my needs and everywhere I know how, mm -hmm. right? I, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I remember the Lord saying, what do you want at the end of your life? What do you want? I said, well, I would love a home. I'd love a family around the table. And he said, well, then you're going to have to slow down. Mm. And I went, what do you, I didn't know what he meant. And what he meant was, if you want that, you're going to have to, pull back a little mm -hmm. of your drive and get out there Wait, and do it. How old were you? 26 at this point. Okay. Yeah. I was 26 at this point. And what it, it was, was marriage is a sacrifice, mm -hmm. even though it doesn't feel that way when you're getting all mm -hmm. the bride magazines and the say yes to the dress <laughs> and that, you know, it's you. all great. <laughs> but marriage in, in yeah. scripture is a sacrifice. It's yeah. a sweet pill. Yeah. And the pill of marriage is um, you get to now love someone as Christ loves you. You get to lay your life down for them. You get to serve them. You get mm -hmm. to treat them with respect, even when they didn't earn it or deserve it at that moment. It is a moment that yeah. we figure out we get to actually walk out our Christ and our, our, our Christianity and our faith mm -hmm. with somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. And so I felt like the Lord was like, you got to slow down. And what I had to realize was I was not marrying uh, the spiritual giant of the, a person that was going to make everything make sense. I was marrying a real person who was on their journey, who wanted to journey with An me. An imperfect person. An imperfect person. I remember calling my sister, and Ben was not anybody that I thought I would marry. And both men that I thought I might marry were totally different than he was, and I could just see our ministry lives moving forward <laughs> together, and it would be a perfect picture. And here Ben was a musician, and you know, just more shy in that way, and I knew he wasn't going to be a, a, that kind of leader. And What is he on the Enneagram? A one. A one. You guessed and it. what are you? A seven. seven. Okay, you're a seven, eight, right? Seven, eight. Is that you? Oh, he was, I knew I liked you. Is he a one wing nine? He is a one wing two. One wing two. So he's oh. he's a servant. Oh. Yeah, it's really great. Although I thought She's I was really marrying, I, I thought I was marrying somebody who was more of a two. Yeah. And then his one came in, and I, I always tell him if the Holy Spirit left, I'd never know it because <laughs> he keeps it all. He keeps oh. it. That's yeah, awesome. he keeps together. it in line. Oh, yes. But I remember calling my sister, and I was distraught because I really loved Ben, but I didn't see my future with Ben. Wow. And it was I was distraught because I had an age where I needed to decide yeah. these kind of things. And I said to her, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. He's not the kind of guy that I would pick, but I love him, but I, I'm having a hard time seeing the picture in my head. And she said, you know, Havala, and what are you looking for? And I said, I just think a type A, a visionary, a passionate person, a leader. And she goes, you know, have a look. Those kind of guys are nice to work with, but they're not always fun to live with. <laughs> and it was like this aha moment. And she goes, you have to build a life with somebody. You can't yeah. just build a ministry with somebody. Yeah. 
And to be honest, Ben has become the perfect ministry partner for me. I love watching you together because you just look like two teenagers. <laughs> I mean, I talked John, my husband John, because um, we were hanging out with you yeah. the other night. And um, I said, they just look like they just have so much fun. We do. And you we can't do. fake that. Yeah. No. But you have to choose it. We do. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before. You know, I had gone through some very hard things. And one of the reasons I wrote I Do Hard Things was understanding pain. Because mm. as a person who went through a really, you know, healthy, wholesome life, I, mm. we would probably relate to each other in that way. Um I didn't have any understanding of pain and what to do with pain. I think when you're raised in pain, you understand it at least. You you identify it, you recognize it, you know, maybe it doesn't shock it you. It doesn't shock yeah. you. Mm -hmm. But when you are in a wholesome life, mm -hmm. you are like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know what to do with this. This feels mm -hmm. like I'm I'm something is toxic. Mm -hmm. And I re I remember studying pain and the voice of pain. There's a voice that says, do whatever you need to do to make it stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that voice is what motivates a lot of us. And I mm -hmm. experienced deep pain after my second son. I had postpartum depression, didn't know it at the and time. And you didn't have it with your firstborn. I did not have it with my firstborn. So it was probably even more a shock. It was a shock I because I, my firstborn, I had a pretty healthy uh, pregnancy. But my second, I had this pain that they think my muscle and bone would separate that when I was holding the baby. So I'd be on, I was on bed rest for 10 weeks. I had a C-section. I mean, it was just, we would take the baby three weeks and early. how old was your firstborn? Uh, he was 17 months. Oh my wow. goodness. <laughs> and then with each baby, I would be on bed rest for 10 weeks with pain. I, they would put me on really strong medication and then I'd have to detox the medication mm -hmm. so the baby wouldn't be born uh, dependent mm -hmm. on it. And so we would take the baby three weeks early. But I remember um, I went into a pediatric appointment with my second son, Hudson, and I was three months in. And I told the doctor, I'm having a really hard time. And she said, well, you seem pretty competent. She said, it sounds like you're dealing with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And I'm a pastor, ordained minister. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you don't use the word depression. I'm not depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, but I knew something was wrong. I knew it. And I remember running downstairs. Did ben, did ben see it? No, I think I think because did we have a 17-month-old and oh, because yeah. we were living with my parents <laughs> at that point. I mean, I lived with my parents till I was married. Yeah, yeah. And then I lived with my parents again. We had, had this rental home that ended up having black mold. And so a month before I gave birth, we moved oh. in with my parents. Oh, I mean, it was just like this chaotic. So we had two littles. And Ben was just in the thick of it. I was recovering from my second C-section. I was nursing. I mean, it was just a lot. And so I go to this doctor's appointment. She says, I think this is what you have. I run downstairs. I get in my car. And one of my girlfriend's mom happened to be a Christian counselor. And I called her and said, can I have your mom's number? So I called the Christian counselor. and Because I knew if I didn't, I would lose courage. You know, we yeah, do these things yeah, where, especially yeah. as a minister, I was like yeah. humiliated that yeah. I might be struggling with something. Mm -hmm. So I called him and said, could you please call me? I think I have postpartum. She called me back an hour later. I thought she was being nice. And she was. But she was more concerned that I had postpartum psychosis, which is where you hurt your child mm -hmm. or have the vulnerability of hurting your child. So I went and met with her that next day and she went through 13 steps and out of the, or 14 steps, out of the 14 steps, I had 13 of them of postpartum. Mm -hmm. So I met with her every week for six months and in about the six month mark, she says something to me that is so offensive, I didn't want to go back and see her. And she said, can I tell you what I really think? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, and I had been with her every week and going through this process and getting healthy and had to go on medication because of uh, my serotonin levels and all these things. And she said, Havala, you would have been in here eventually. The baby just got you here sooner. 
And I remember going, no, 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 no. The baby is what got me here. I was totally fine. I was healthy. And the truth was I lacked healthy boundaries for a healthy, abundant life. I didn't understand how to say no without feeling responsible. I didn't know how to be in a place where I didn't feel responsible for other people's feelings and attitudes and emotions. So I went on a journey. She then invited me and said, would you come and meet with me every week with six other women in the city that are influential, but you're not allowed to know each other's last names or what you do. It has to be anonymous, (laughs) but I will teach you healthy boundaries. Mm. And I sat, I had no money at that time, nothing. I remember it was $35 a week to meet and I saved up $40. One was for my Vente coffee at Starbucks (laughs) and the other $35 was to meet. And for $40 a week, which was an enormous amount for us Mm -hmm. as a little family, I would sit and meet and I began to walk through. But that's why I wrote the I Do Hard Things series is I realized when we hit, the Bible says very clearly, when we hit trials and tribulations and we persevere, it completes our faith, which Mm -hmm. sounds so offensive. Mm -hmm. It should not complete our faith. Mm -hmm. But this is what I relate it to and not to belabor the point. When you go through the tough stuff and you get through it, the fear of going through that, the hole of pain that you walk through no longer holds you. The what ifs that I don't think I could ever manage. I could never do that. When you actually do, you go to hell and go through hell and come back. You go, that thing no longer holds me. I know that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be abandoned. I will not be, I I will not Mm -hmm. fear evil. Your rod and your staff, you will comfort Mm -hmm. me. You will give me manna. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that happens on the inside of us that when we go through trials and tribulations, our faith gets so fortified. It is no longer secondhand information. Mm -hmm. It is firsthand knowledge. We made it, right? So we go through our first fight with our spouse. We're like, you know what? I can get through that. We did that before. We're going to get through this. I don't know if you felt that way at all, but that has been very real in my life. It's so good. It's so true. You know, we were talking, um, walking through challenge. Last time you talked a little bit about the fires in California and how that tested your faith. It did. And, you know, it's interesting how when we walk through something hard, and come out of it victorious mm-hmm. at the end. It just gives us yeah. the confidence to yes. know that God is going to be with us. Yes. And I don't know when you're watching this episode, yeah. but as we are filming it right now, I know. we're in the middle of really hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As leaders, yeah. as people across the nation, um, right now this is like the 18th, 19th week of our COVID craziness in the U.S., around the world, actually. And you know what? (laughs) It's hard. Mm -hmm. Just plain hard. It is. And and as a leader, you know, you have to stand up and say, okay, God's with us. He's got this. (laughs) You know, we're going to all be good. And everybody behind the camera is laughing right now because (laughs) they know this is true. And we do say it. And we do believe it. But at the same time, there's moments when you're walking through a hard season, especially one that's, right. that's brand new. Right. Like you're like, we've never done this before. We've never been here before. It's like, this is hard and we have no clue what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's not so true. But even in the, we don't have a clue what we're doing. We can look back at our lives that's and go, it. God was with yeah. me here. God was with me yeah. here. God was with me here. Uh, and it, you can just stand in confidence, even in those moments where the peace. That's right. 
the, the peace is like, okay, where's that peace? Where's that peace that Jesus said he was going to give me? I know it's here somewhere. We're buried under this stack. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes back. It comes back because you go, okay, I'm going to, yes. I'm going to find that, so that gift of peace that Jesus left me right. and I'm going to take right. it back and put it over my yeah. heart and my mind. Right. And it comes that it supernatural beyond comprehension peace. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. It's like David said when he went to fight Goliath. He said, the God who did it before will do it again. The history in God is what you're going to need to draw on right now. And I think about that in my own life. It is history in God and the consistency of him that brings us into a confidence in him when we face things that we've never done before. You will find your history in God at 33 will be the same history you have at 30, at 35 and 37. And as God brings whoever along the way, you will go back to 27 and 23 when God brought you through. And so we don't negate the waiting because the waiting is when you build the history. Right. And pain comes in so many different packages. It does. Like pain can be a trial. Pain can be an experience um, with a relationship. Yep. Um, but you, on page one thirty-four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you. It's don't almost, make me quote it. I don't know what it's. I, I don't know. I'm going to give you the. I'm going to hand it to you because I want you. I want you to close out with these these five points mm-hmm. that you um, share. They're almost like like steps or I would call responses that we yeah. should have as a believer in Jesus to our pain or our trial or whatever you want to call it, whatever you're walking through that you're like, this is painful. And <laughs> by the way, this book is amazing. Oh, you thank have got you. to get it. It's thank so you. It's a break. It's a Bible study on breaking fear yes. of pain and fear. But, but I want you to hear these, I want you to hear these responses yeah. that have a little. They're they're biblical responses to to pain in our lives. Yeah. Uh, what I can't make go away becomes a position of choice. Choice is where our power comes. So I will not allow this pain to defeat me. I will not pass my suffering on, but my wisdom. I don't need to know why it happened to me before I can heal. It's so good. There are some things, I remember talking to my dad. I said, dad, how do we resolve things that we don't understand? And he said, Havala, I believe there's a file in heaven that's written things I don't understand. And he said, I have to put certain things in my life in that file. And he said, when I get to heaven, I will ask God to open that file with me and we will go through each of those things together. But there are things I think that we all go through that we go on earth. I don't get it. I don't understand. It hurts. I don't understand the suffering. I wish I could solve it, but it's okay. As long as we know it's safe, we, God will take all the time we need when we get to him. You know, I would, I would add an addendum to that. I would say you don't have to have it resolved before you have peace. Mm. You know, you, you have a message about that. Yeah. It's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. And you can have peace in the middle of the storm. You can. In the middle of the pain. That's yeah. right. And you only need the peace that you need. You know, I think sometimes we as women specifically, we take on the weight of the world. All you got to mm-hmm. do, sweetheart, is take your day and take your moment and find the peace, a prince of peace for mm-hmm. your moment. Like the reason we get overwhelmed often is because we take on everybody else's story. Take your story and let God take care of you. Mm-hmm. You are worthy of being loved and you are worthy of being cared for. So good. Uh, another part of 
this is um, my pain will have a purpose because that's what I have chosen. I think that's really critical because I think sometimes we go, well, pain has a purpose. No, not necessarily. Pain can just be pain if we allow it to. We have to make a decision, what you're saying. In the singleness of my life, I have to allow the pain that I feel to have a purpose Mm -hmm. because I've given it a purpose, not because I'm waiting for it to have purpose. Well, and, and that brings up a really good point. Pain isn't always a trial. Yes. Pain can be a season. Like, I totally and, agree with that. You know, and it's like Savannah said, she has to choose how she's going to look at this season. It's a choice. It's a choice. And I think sometimes we feel ashamed that we feel like we're in pain without a valid reason. Uh, that's so Does that make good. sense? I think we, so we end up not actually taking care of ourselves. We or don't nurturing the it. pain because we think, well, I didn't lose a child. I didn't lose a marriage. I didn't lose a job. So because I'm in Why pain be because of a friendship or I'm because I'm in pain because of my, how my age or because of maybe my weight or whatever it is, we feel guilty that mm-hmm. we would feel in pain about it. We disregard it. And here's the thing. If we don't get our pain dealt with and met and healed, then we will react in ways that are unhealthy, whether we mm-hmm. want to or not. Yeah. Needs must be met, whether healthy or unhealthy, we will get them met. So you have to, but you have to identify that. Yeah, and sometimes you, ha- I mean, honestly, anytime you're walking through pain, you should reach out to a faith-filled friend. That's or right. A believer or counselor. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to seek someone out who's going to steer you towards the truth of God's word. Um, wholeheartedly believe that, but, but we need each other. Yeah. And reach out to somebody who's smarter than you. You know, sometimes we reach out to somebody who's going through the same thing, which is great. Yeah. A focus group is great, <laughs> but reach out to somebody who's yeah. been there. It can reach, kind of go blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, it can. And we can cry <laughs> with each other, but reach out to somebody, be willing to yeah. honor your story enough to yeah. seek the help you need okay. and don't allow perceptions of religion or, or education, whatever, you know, it takes humility to yeah. say, I need somebody else on my yeah. team. Yeah. And I think those that reach out for help are sometimes the most humble so and good. most like authentic in yeah. the story. Yeah. And then lastly, all the work you are doing to change the course of your lineage, mm-hmm. interrupt the negative cycles and set new pathways Amen. is wisdom you are passing oh, on. Good. It may have happened to you, but you get to choose what you're going to pass on so your story of pain can have purpose if you pass on purpose or you can pass on pain and that's your choice so good so good so So you need to to order this (laughs) anywhere that's right that's right well we are out of time oh it went so fast we need another day (laughs) that's right savannah i want you to close in prayer and and just pray pray for those maybe that are walking through a painful season or experience or trial Mm -hmm. um god would give them peace yes and give them wisdom you know Mm -hmm. to know who to seek out to talk to and and share their their situation with for sure for sure Hey girls, let's pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for your goodness. God, I thank you that you see every girl who is watching right now. God, that right now you would invade their heart, you would invade their mind, God. And Lord, your peace that passes all understanding would just cover them, even though they might not know what they're walking through, why they're walking through it, God, the emotions. 
Lord, that they're feeling, yes. God, the circumstances that they're walking through. God, you have a plan and a purpose. Yes, and Lord, that you want to redeem their pain, yes, Lord. God. And so Hallelujah. I pray, God, that they would look to you. Thank I pray, you, Lord, Lord, that they would seek out godly counsel, God. Yeah, Lord, that they right. would surround themselves with sisters, that's God, right. who will speak truth mm-hmm. and, and love to them, God, and help them walk through the, the seasons that they're walking through, God. That, that, Lord, you would help them to come out stronger on the other that's side, right. God. That that's you right. want to bring them through, God. That you are God who walks through the valleys with us, Lord. And so you bring us to the other side. So encourage them today. Strengthen mm-hmm. them today. Let every girl sense your presence Praise and your you peace. Yeah, Lord, we you thank God. you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. That you're a God who answers Amen. prayer. You're a God who yes, meets us where we're at. And we praise you in advance for what we're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. So good. Well, I pray you were encouraged today and that you're not walking through this season alone. Uh, We're behind you. Yes. (laughs) We may not know you personally, but in the spirit, we're sisters. Yes. And we love you and we pray blessing over your life. If you would like prayer or would like to share Mm. your story Mm -hmm. on the screen right now, there'll be a, a, a website that you can you can go to to share your story or share your prayer need. We'd love yes. to hear from you. And um, we just love you so much. And we thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Havala. Thank, thank you for so having me. Much. I love you so guys. <laughs> we'll love you lots. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on The Pink Mug. Be sure to tune in right here on the second Tuesday of each month for a brand new episode. We would love for you to like and share today's show with your friends and connect with us on social media. Follow Design Sisterhood on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about who we are as a sisterhood and how you can be a part.